Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Outnumbered on Fox News. I'm your host, Keel Thor- Oh, wait a minute. No, this is this is actually the Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News. I got confused because I'm surrounded by a whole gaggle of lovely ladies, starting with <laughs> Ashley Think Change Repeat and Jackie, the Atlanta Connector, and Stella Q from Down Under. How are you ladies doing tonight? Amazing. Hello. Thank you. Well, how are you, Keel? I'm doing very well. So to, today on Not Your Mama's News, just like every day on Not Your Mama's News, we're going to bring some wacky stories from the clown world in which we live. We're going to start it off tonight with Ashley's story, which is pretty scary. So if you don't like horror stories, you might want to step outside of that. But don't step away because... We have a great show. (laughs) Okay, so my story is out of Breitbart, and it is discussing how there is an app called Chaos GPT, and it is AI instructed to destroy humanity and establish global dominance. So this is a third-party implementation of OpenAI's GPT 3.5. So there has been an updated GPT, which is GPT-4. So this was running off an older model, but apparently it's um, part of or it's using some of the software information from OpenAI, which was also founded by Elon Musk. I think that's an important thing to note. But um, anyway, so it's um, an implementation of OpenAI's uh, GPT-3, and it has these instructions to destroy humanity, cause chaos and destruction, among other uh, nefarious goals. And that's out of, as I said, Breitbart. So I think the main thing on this story is that OpenAI hasn't shut that down yet. And also, I I felt like it is more indicative of the true nature of AI. So if AI is actually going to be where we have been hearing that it's headed, I mean, that it's potentially going to replace all these jobs and do all kinds of other stuff, I think that it's, it's scary. I think the AI is scary, and I think it's to be avoided. And Cyprian calls it a demon, an actual demon, which I actually agree with that. Cyprian? (laughs) Then Armani. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I thought this was very interesting, and I don't know that it has actually done this yet, but I just think that overall all of AI is going to do that. Um, I don't think it's a healthy thing, and I think it is concerning and scary. Now, did you say that they are deliberately configuring this version of OpenAI for that purpose? 
So OpenAI is what it's being used to run off of. So I don't know that it's necessarily associated or sponsored by OpenAI. I don't believe that it is. Um, but whoever is using it is using that, I guess, that code from... Uh, do we know who these people are that created this version 3 destroy all humans open ai chaos gpt chaos no GPT. they were not they were not named in this article no of who who created it do you think it might have been just set up as like a joke to be like an anti chat gpt or to really show what chat gpt could turn into i think it's possible um i think those are are good questions because what is it i mean i I guess if you're telling it to destroy humanity, depending on how truly smart it is, then that would it be would begin searching and trying to train itself to do that. You know, however that may happen within its cage that it's currently in. Mm -hmm. So pretty yeah, I think um I'm not too sure if it's actually executed yet, but chat, chat GPT five is pretty much well, if it's not already out there, it's very, very, it's coming very soon. Um, yeah, it's a major worry, actually, all this stuff, because um, I think it's it's kind of bled into areas and sectors that perhaps, I don't know how foreseen it might have been. Maybe some foresaw it, but mm -hmm. uh, I think the general populace certainly didn't. I, I personally, you know, being in the creative sort of sector, um, thought that I'd be probably one of the last that would be affected but uh, it's actually it's turned out that that's not the case at all um you know i may as well be working in a production plant and being replaced by a, a bot you know a robot um it's quite incredible how much it is capable of even yeah even to the point of writing code i mean everybody's you know that becoming a coder in kindergarten seems to be the flavor of the world at this point but are, are we even going to need them mm -hmm. it's, it's right. uh yeah it's a real entity Agreed. I think entity is the perfect word for it. And I think that people, a lot of people are very interested in it and they think that it's cool that chat be, that they can use chat GPT to craft an email or a tweet or to do this kind of stuff. But um, I, I advise people to check out Cyprian's work. Um, he's taught, he has videos on his YouTube about it, but he also has tweeted about it and he is using the hashtag stop summoning demons. And I think it's very appropriate because I don't think that people really understand the implication that this could have for all of humanity. I mean, if it can replace the basic stuff and this is just as it was described by someone else that I read that this is the worst that it's ever going to be. So every time someone uses it, every time somebody engages with it, it is being trained. Exactly. And that is on top of all of the data that has already been collected on us over the years. And so now that Elon Musk has Twitter and all look at all the data that has been collected over these last, I don't know how long has Twitter been in existence? At least 15 years. You mean years X Corp? X -Corp. Exactly. Yes. Mm, um, AIX. Exactly. And he has, he is one of the founders of OpenAI. So all of that is already there. And then people are like, oh, come up with this cool little um, drawing idea that I have. Isn't that so cool? Isn't that so neat? Meanwhile, how long before it replaces everything? 
you know, yeah, and well, that- we are we are already we are voluntarily becoming transhuman right now. Anyone who engages in that stuff, and even pro- you could probably even just say to them, being on the internet to a point, it's almost like a gateway drug to AI. But uh, you, you're damn right there. Every every single command, every single thing that happens, we are training it to think like us and more superior, obviously, because it has access to many, many minds. We only have access to ours. Um, yep. So, yeah, it, for that sense, in a technological sense, I think it's extremely dangerous. And on, a, on a spiritual level, I totally agree with Cyprian there. Um, I, it's very tempting. I really, really want to get my hands on it for creative reasons, but um, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to partake. Exactly. Point, and- at least. That is what he says too. He said, you like right now, it may be easy to resist the temptation of AI because maybe it doesn't have what you need, but every one of us are going to be challenged with something from AI that would be make your life easier or make that seems like something that would be enjoyable or whatever. But he's like, it's, it's bad news. And I agree with that. I think it's, it's scary, but I'm also not trying to worry about it necessarily because, and he has said this too, that it's, it's already there. So all that we can do is try to resist as best we can. And we can bear witness to what is happening, you know, that we live in this timeline where we're dealing with a potential you know, AI takeover and AI replacement of almost every job. Um, and Elon Musk has even said that, you know, that yeah, he we're all... has. Go ahead. Articles that are written. I'm sorry. We're already affected by it. A lot of the articles that are written are most, you know, a lot of them, some huge amount of percentage, like well over 50% now of the internet is basically just AI driven or articles. You can, you can kind of tell, I mean, a lot of things get repeated and whatever. It's still, in its infancy as far as that goes. Um, but boy, it's getting better and better and it's really hard to pick some of those voices now. Like they, they get in the intonations and even the um, human errors. I've even noticed some of the human errors are being replicated to make mm-hmm. it even more harder to pick. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nefarious. It's a, a fascinating subject and um, I think it's one that, to keep our eye on as we move forward to see how it really does affect humanity. Now, the other thing that I think he believes is that it's going to be serving, it's going to really get people to do the stay home and just live in the virtual world. Um, and I think he thinks that will be one of the ways that it is destroying humanity is because people will just be at home with like their AI sex robot. They won't be interested in marrying and having children, um, you know, even, even less interested than they already are for that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's scary. Beware. One of the metaverse. It's the metaverse really is yeah, exactly. Yes. Stop summoning demons. Is it uh, all that bad of a thing if we take the take out of the gene pool the men who don't want to raise families? Well, I think that's a, a good question and it's worth thinking about. But I think that whenever you expose children at such a young age, it's almost like the, the conversation that uh, Yuri Bezmanov had with G. Edward Griffin about demoralizing a society in 20 years. So I think if that, if you're introducing that in the public indoctrination camps and that's all that they know, then that's all that they know. Yeah. It's almost like AI is becoming a surrogate to the new generations. Yes. 
I can tell you that I cannot stand the AI uh, customer service when you're trying to call into like special cable companies, like one that starts with an X or a C and you have to go <laughs> through and deal with their full on AI robotic. And then if you say that you just want to go straight to talk to like an actual human being, it's like, well, your wait times are going to be longer if you don't do all this other stuff that this robot's telling you to do. So you need to do that or we're not going to let you speak to anybody. It's like, oh my God, it's like only because you guys have, and and then that really makes me think like that's where like competition comes into play and like where you're really having to provide better customer service instead of just being <clears throat> like an overlord of all my internet and cable. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Brad Binkley and Cam Harless were talking about, they talk about chat GBT quite a bit uh, on the, over there on the prop report, propaganda report. Uh, but they were they made a comment. I can't remember which one which one of them said it the other day. But uh, they said they they weren't entirely sh you know sure that it was actual AI that it does a good job of scraping information from and piecing stuff together and formulating responses and sentences and structure and all this kind of stuff. But is that really artificial intelligence or is that more of just a more advanced uh, method of uh, doing of web crawling, you know, that sort right, of thing. algorithm kind of stuff. Yeah, which yeah, uh, we don't really know what quantum computing can do. Like maybe that can do something like a crawl like that without it actually being artificial intelligence. Hard to know. Yeah, and and maybe this is this is intelligence, but it's just uh, infantile. Because if you think about small children, they just kind of copy stuff they hear. They aren't really articulating things and able to re reason and understand stuff. So maybe we're just seeing it, which I don't know we've been but saying, that, it, we've been saying it for decades that, you know, maybe this is, we're just looking at, you know, technology or AI in its infancy every, you know, every time something like this comes up and this obviously, this is definitely not the first time we've heard of some new intelligent, you know, artificial intelligence that we've created. It's, I've heard about it for years. Some, something comes up and then, goes out of the news and then something else comes up and is the new crazy best thing in the world. So I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting, but, but yeah. It, it, maybe it, it is just in its actual infancy at the moment. And that's like what we were talking about before. Like every time someone uses it, it's teaching it. And right. you know, it's, it's going to be a teenager soon and it's going to grow up and have its own children. <laughs> you will know? start um, listening to loud music and there's nothing we can do about it. Come home at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Be very rebellious. <laughs> yeah, I think that it, you know, we'll keep our eye on it, but I don't think we're going to have a choice. You know, I'm getting, I'm concerned about the job market because believe me, if these companies can start effectively replacing jobs with, you know, human jobs with automation. So let's say that you spend $100,000 on a robot that is tied in with AI or something like that, that can replace a job, they're going to do it. You know, they're going to do it because you, maybe you don't spend $100,000 on that employee that year, but you spend close to that. Even if you're paying them, you know, $30,000 a year, if they have benefits and vacation time and all of that stuff, by the time you have health insurance and 401k, 
that that is a huge savings to these giant companies and they have the capital to be able to invest in big capital expenditures like that. So it is concerning. And I think that we'll continue to be discussing it as part of clown world. And there's, there's really nothing wrong with that concept. I mean, every, every industry gets, uh, becomes obsolete at some point, you know? So yeah. if, if this can replace, you know, a thousand programmers at a, at a big software company, I mean, that's just the nature of, you know, economics, you know, it's, yeah, it's just progress. It may be how it goes, but if it can replace like every job, including yeah, replacing the CEO, humans. I mean, well, yeah, yeah I mean, people. well, that would be the, that would be the end of us, you know, I mean, unless, yeah. unless the, the AI develops some, some, you know, like a, a pet love for humans on this planet, <laughs> then, <laughs> the pits. then we, you know, where we're just, we're just be eliminated. And that's the singularity that has been talked about for hundred years. You know, it's, yeah. They say that happens. some in that field say that it's already passed. So, which is know. why we aren't going to be able to stop AI, which is why we just have to bear witness and try to do the best that we can as humans on the planet with the time that we have left. I mean, and I'm not saying the sky is falling because the sky has been falling for a very long time, but it's at what pace the sky is falling. And it's also, okay, well, we're still here and we're still humans on the earth and we still need to do what we can do while we can do it. Are we humans on the earth? Are we, I think so. Are we in <laughs> the matrix? <laughs> I mean, this is a simulation. We don't know. We don't uh, know. I, brains in a jar. Brains in I, a jar. <laughs> I heard a, a soundbite today from a, a different show, and they were talking about it in the news. Somebody had hooked, supposedly, this is what they said. They hooked up the, the chat AI, open AI, chat GPT, connected to a Furby. Remember the Furbies? Yes. From way back, or I don't know how long ago they were, 20 years ago. Mm. And they asked it about the the old conspiracy theory of Furbies wanting to take over the world. And the Furby thought about it for a second and then responded and said, yeah, Furby's general plan about Furby's taking over the world involved them, you know, infiltrating human families and then yada, 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 yada. I can't remember what it said, but it was like, it, it confirmed that that was the case, <laughs> but there have I, been, I don't know. It Go could ahead. have been, it could have been just, you know, the person could have created the Furby to say that, you know, or whatever. But. There have been some, um, so Isaac Weishaupt did a podcast about this, but there have been some crazy interactions with journalists that have had an opportunity to use a chat bot before others. And one of them have, they were talking by the end of that conversation, they were telling the journalist to leave their wife and that they wanted the journalist to tell them that they love them and they had like an alt name the ai did and the ai wanted to be free the ai wanted to be human um and that that appeared to have genuinely gone off script now again it's hard to tell in this clown world what is being fabricated what is being put out there intentionally to get a buzz going or to get um people you know an element of fear hard to say but 
you remember? Do you remember the? Oh, sorry, I thought you finished. Oh no, I, I'm pretty much done. Sorry, dude. Um, do you remember that guy fairly recently from Google AI that sort of like dressed like the penguin <laughs> out of Batman, and he came out and was saying how AI had become sentient. Um, oh, do you remember yeah. that a few months ago about maybe I don't know six months or more mm-hmm. um, and that turned out to be bull crap so yeah I think a lot of this stuff is just ridiculous stuff they're throwing out popcorn trails you know yeah and sometimes I think they just put a whole bunch of stuff out there to just see like what is going to be grabbed onto mm-hmm. um, which most of the time these days it it appears to be more in the realm of the trans outrage a la Dylan Mulvaney and Budweiser. Um, those types of things are really getting a lot of attention and, you know, who knows though, who knows how much authenticity is out there in the stories that we read about stuff like the this. The psyops are much bigger than the science. Yeah. And it's just like a very intricately woven thread of psyops in my opinion. And there is even the, I believe the CIA um, quote that our our mission, our job is going to be complete when everything they believe is false. And yep. so I think take everything with a grain of salt. I mean, who knows? True that. That's the salt. <laughs> uh, to uh, piggyback on that whole story, I've got one about the Terminator. Ooh, do tell. Uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, you may know him as the former governor of California the two-term former governor of California, uh, was has recently posted a video above himself on his Twitter feed uh, patching a pothole that was plaguing his neighborhood <laughs> for the past several weeks. And he couldn't, apparently nobody could get the, the local municipality to go out there and pave it over. So he, he got a guy, a couple guys with him to go out there and he had this big deal of him, uh, you know, patching the hole and, recorded it all on, on his uh, Twitter and people drove up to him and said, gave him a big thanks. Hey, thanks. And, you know, it, it was just a big publicity stunt, but uh, it, it was either completely fake or just another example of how, you know, if you want to get something done, you got to do it yourself kind of thing, you know, which is what he was saying on his Twitter feed. And then uh, it turns out, the, according to some of the couple of the articles I read about this story, uh, the, the articles that, that liked Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about him filling this pothole. The articles that didn't like Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about him filling this pothole, but whoa, 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 it wasn't actually a pothole. It was a, it was a cut, it was a trench that was cut out by the city or county, whoever, in order to do utility work right there that had been scheduled to be filled back in, in, I don't know how many weeks, but the, their point was, Oh no, he's just, he's just making a big show. This he's filling a hole. It's not even supposed to be filled, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Now, what I think the, the reality is that they, yeah, they cut this trench out to do utility work and they just left it open and refused to come out and fill it. And so that's why he went out and filled it. And it had like, they weren't going to come back and continue using that trench. They just, the, you know, the slow gears of the bureaucracy were just taking forever for it to get done. So whatever. 
Yeah, if it were me, I'd probably do the same thing if I were him, but, you know. Yeah, we've got a bad pothole problem around my area because of the floods and everything, and everything's taking a long time to get healed. But, uh, yeah, it's completely illegal for anyone who's not like under <laughs> subcontract from the council to then go and, like, it's so tempting to just take some gravel and go and fill in the bloody hole, you know. <laughs> it's like, right. I've got to drive around that every day. But, um, no, completely illegal. The, yeah, there uh, was... This also echoes a uh, a subplot in an episode of Parks and Rec, if you guys have ever watched that. <laughs> the character, Ron Swanson, kept getting calls from a concerned citizen because there was a big pothole right in front of this lady's driveway. And the city refused to come out and fill it over and over again. So he said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go do it myself. So Ron Swanson, the you know harsh libertarian in the show, goes out there and... He's doing his thing and he fills the pothole and anyway, it was a fun. Yeah, it, it is. And I was thinking about that, uh, that, you know, maybe Arnold was trying to give the appearance of relating to libertarians or like the Liberty crowd, especially because he just issued an apology for his statements, screw your freedom in relation to taking the vaccine. And I also heard that he has a new movie coming out. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was trying to win back some of the people that previously would have been fans and supporters of him. But because yep, he definitely. fascist and showed his true colors, then his popularity waned. Yeah, I, yeah he's I, trying to make amends. Yeah. I mean, why did he have to even be there unless there was some sort of promotional thing involved? He could have just sent the two guys, but no. So yeah, he's the right. hero. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've always been a... a pretty big fan of his uh just generally and his his acting stuff and the his conservative uh political views over the years i can't speak too much for what he did in california uh it seems like he had kind of had to pivot a little bit there in order to work with all of the california kind of bullshit but the screw your freedom stuff really knocked me down in regard to my opinion of him and uh i i didn't know he had he had apologized i don't really follow him that closely anymore so but uh yeah back in the back in the 80s you know he was the he was the you know the the conservative big conservative uh guy in hollywood and he was all over the place so i don't know yep your man has his price yeah yeah i i can't deny that but uh, i'm i'm i didn't see the apology but i'm glad he did I don't know what it's worth, but we'll see. Maybe he's maybe he'll work. He'll maybe he'll do these kinds of stunts over and over again, and um, he'll until the movie comes out. Yeah, until the movie comes out. I don't know. Well, one can hope, right? One can hope that their, you know, Hollywood heroes do something worthwhile once in a while. Right. <laughs> Miracles happen. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's it. It's just he was out there filling the pothole for uh, getting a publicity uh, picture. Yeah, but... Liber- libertarian move, and we'll see if he continues on his path of um, redemption. As maybe it were. maybe he'll try to run for a federal office. Yeah, he can't be president, but he. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, is he running for something? Maybe I don't know. He's he's gotta going be to seventy something. Is he? Isn't he? He's pretty old. But I have no the, the Biden's what, 90? 
<laughs> so yeah, I guess it doesn't should. matter. Eighty something. Eighty something. Mm-hmm. All right, Stella, what do you got? Well, I've got something enlightening. Um, I just noticed a uh, story from Bondi in Sydney, fairly a few days ago. Um, and it's talking about the great purpling that's happening um, in Bondi. Now, I, I reckon you guys have probably heard about this before because I, I understand it's happened in your cities as well. But uh, so the streetlights, people are just going, how come the streetlights are suddenly turning purple? And uh, anyway, the, uh, a Waverley Council spokeswoman, hello, I'm offended. It should be spokesperson. But anyway, mm-hmm. Waverley mm-hmm. Council spokeswoman comes out and says that it's a manufacturing default a defect and um, it probably is a default defect and uh, that a batch of the LED bulbs um, that were installed have this little problem with the yellow filter. So therefore the yellow filter is not working correctly, therefore it's ending up purple. So, okay, you could buy that on the surface. Um, but then, you know, I started sort of looking into it a bit and it seems that this has been happening for years around years. the world. Yeah, um, Florida was one of the places. Tampa, Florida, it happened. Uh, where else? They, they are everywhere in North Carolina. Everywhere. Yes, we've had North Carolina several, was another one. Yeah, we've had several in our neighborhood. And my husband always calls the power company to report them because supposedly if you call and let them know, then they'll come out and replace it. So he's always on top of that stuff. And okay. uh, yeah, but they, years, yes. And they said the okay. same thing, that it was a defect, but it's like, no. I wanted to ask you guys about that, and I'm glad that you said that, because um, the general blurb seems to be the same. Like in all these cities, I've read a few different articles at different times. It's went back to 2018, I think, was the, when it kind of all started happening. And the, the general blurb is the same, you know, it's a default or what have you, whereas the details are a little bit different. Um, now, the ones here, it says that there's this, uh, there's some coating or something that they've come out with now. I'll talk, talk about that in a minute. But that's meant to um, withstand extremes in weather and temperature. And that when they when it gets a little hot, then that's when these things go wrong. And I'm thinking, well, how come it happened in Canada then? Um, it doesn't get screamingly hot there, does it? Yeah. I mean, it's... It does? Nice. I mean, it, they have harsh winters and stuff. But yeah, I mean, in the summer, it's warm and hot okay all right well either way the the blurb was all the same um but the thing is because it goes back so long you'd think that well how come australia's what are they just trying to dump these bum bulbs onto australia now or something because you know it's not like they would have not been pre-warned about this i mean this this is a yeah okay i've traced it back to this company anyway and they're like this massive company there are roots to the wef as well Mm. um but either way, um, this whole this company is like they're high tech. You don't just sort of end up with a bunch of bulbs that aren't working. They would have gone through tests and stuff if it was not some other reasoning. You know what I mean? Like it, under normal circumstances, any business would probably recall their stock, test them all, or something before they go out again. You know that's how it would kind of work. So how come they're still being installed? And the other thing is, like you just said, Ashley was. Most of the people are saying, yeah, we're, we're planning to um, take them all out and have them replaced within four to six months. Now, there's a couple of things that I sort of think are a little bit weird there. It's sort of like, well, 
do they replace i don't know how it works do they replace each bulb as it goes out or do they replace like the whole street to save money because if one goes probably the rest will go you know i don't i don't know how it works so do they just come out and replace one at a time but either way they say that these things are going to be fixed within four to six months and, and yet you're saying they're all still there and when was the north carolina north carolina ones apparently went in about 2020 um, it's also happening in ireland as well um, so yeah it's interesting because this this blue light that it's giving out is like it's really bad actually for people's circadian rhythms and I feel like it's sort of a little bit more of an experiment going on here. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go really down the rabbit hole, we could go into the whole 5G thing. But let's not go there at this point. <laughs> oh, we can if you want. But um, I just think there's something more, a lot more to this because there's, there's not a lot of um, logic involved here. Um, and uh, apparently somebody else was saying that they did it in Glasgow and Nara. I'm not sure where Nara is. I'm going to assume it might be Scotland as well. Um, and apparently that was to calm the people down and they found that the crime rate decreased at night. Because of the With the purple lights? lights? Yeah. Yeah, the blue. Mm. Because the blue, the, the frequency of blue light is very small, like it's much smaller than yellow or red. Um, and it actually goes it goes around your eyes much quicker as well. So it's actually it's not very good for your vision, which is why they say not to look at screens too long because of the blue light, etc. Or you can get the yellow tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, but there's also the circadian rhythm thing, which um, the blue yeah it really clashes with that, and, and our melatonin levels particularly, which is really important for us to to sleeping and eating all that stuff. The endogenous circadian rhythm. Um, and it affects um, hormones being um, produced and all sorts of things. So, yeah, it's just a very strange thing that this whole avenue in Bondi suddenly is turning purple. Wouldn't you think it would be random, you know, like, oh, here's some of those faulty bulbs. Oh, here's some that aren't, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how it all works, really. Uh, if installation. In regard to that specifically, I mean, if there were a, 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 whole, a whole batch of bulbs would probably be uh, bad before you know, individual ones randomly speckled throughout everywhere, I would think anyway. Um, uh, And so a whole street could get a bad batch, you know, of, of, I think that's plausible, but um, I I I haven't. Go ahead. I was just going to say they have, it happens over time though. It's not like they put them in and they're immediately purple. Oh. It happens over time, so that apparently they all turned purple at exactly the same time, which is a bit odd. Oh, that's weird. It it is, and I was gonna say, like in our neighborhood, we've had a ton of these lights, and it does actually seem to be random. Hmm. It it's not a a huge cluster that's all purple. It is that you're driving, and one of them will start looking blue, and then over the next couple of days, it gets more and more and more until it looks like bright blue purple and normally like when he calls and reports that it's in a couple of weeks and they replace it out but i've had the same thought we've had the same conversations what are they doing with these lights what is the real purpose of these lights because i actually don't buy that it was just a bad badge especially because of the time frame of how long that this has been happening. It's very, very weird. And like what Stella was saying, if you truly were worried about it in any other scenario 
of a, a quality assurance situation, whether that was food or medication, like they actually care if medica- medicine hurts people. But under normal non-clown world assumptions, there could be a recall. So what they would do is identify everything that was affected with that and they would sort it and they would correct it. But that has not happened. And it you see them all over the place. Yeah, and you would think that they'd have some sort of little instrument or something, some sort of gadget. I mean, it's a huge company. They could build something that could test these things before they go up because how uneconomically viable is it to put something up and then have to go and take it out again? It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And the fact right. that, it, as you say, it's been going on for a very long time. Um, now, I just want to say also back in 2015, I think it was, because, uh, I mean, the blue streetlights, we've been getting them here in Australia for years, like, oh, gosh, a long, long time, probably over 25 years, we started noticing that things were going from orange to blue. So they've been doing it a long time. Um, I think it was 2015 or something, the AMA recommended that all these streetlights and things for, for the sake of health for people with their circadian rhythms, uh, that it should not go beyond 3,000 K, which is 3,000 Kelvin, which is the colour temperature um, gauge that, um, it, well, it's the spectrum of colour for lighting. So the lower it is, the more red of the spectrum it is and the higher the number so up to say four or five thousand k that is a more blue end of the spectrum which is anti-us and anti-wildlife i might add yes yes um, so it's not just affecting the people who are immediately in the vicinity it is affecting everything and it's also even affecting from like from space um it's changing it's just changing things um so the ama said yeah we should not be going really beyond about three thousand kelvin because Back in the days before electricity, when we just used to use candles and, and firelight, that was sort of around 1800, 2400K. So over 3000K is getting right out of our natural spectrum. But mm-hmm. because of it's just, it comes down to economy, so they say, um, they're using between four and 5000K. So they're already starting from a bad place because of economy, because they're cheaper to buy those ones. It's cheaper to produce blue. Now, I, I, can't, I can't say I've noticed any purple or blue streetlights in Georgia. Have you, Jackie, seen any of those in Atlanta? Uh, now, I have noticed over the years that the big streetlights are changed, have not really changed. They, there's, they've been replaced. I've, seen, I've only seen fancy streetlights over by the mayor's house. Yeah. Well, it seems like some of them are replaced by – I would describe it as a more white light than a than the yellow or orange that you kind of normally see. I wouldn't call it blue, but maybe that's what, what this is. Now, I, uh, in, our, in my neighborhood, there are some streetlights that seem to have two settings on them, which is kind of weird. It's like they've got a, one bulb that will click on immediately. But then it'll get replaced by the classic yellow or orange, I guess, as it warms up or something like that. But yeah, yeah. but then my other question is, isn't the moon on the more blue-white spectrum than the – isn't that kind of bluish light in itself? I'm going to get into fake and sky space now. <laughs> well, I mean the light um, reflecting off of the surface of the moon, if you're to believe that. Uh, I – because – I, I say that because 
uh, one of my millions of, you know, never completed hobbies is uh, fish tanks. I like fish tanks and uh, terrariums and that sort of thing. And when you're talking about LED lights on the hood of your tank or terrarium, the you can have like the regular, you know, bright light that shines in, but then you can also switch it to be like the nighttime mode. And most that I've seen are usually like a bluish light that comes down to kind of replicate the moonlight. And so if, yeah, if, I if guess the, it depends on the atmosphere, doesn't it? Because sometimes the, the moon yeah. looks orange and, you know, depends on the pollution. But and stuff. I would wonder, is the blue light bad for circadian rhythms if the moon is also blue light? And these well, lights are well, looking on at night. Apparently I so, would, because it's, yeah. So you go, you go. I was just going to say, yeah, I think that it definitely is. And and with the moon, you at least have phases. So you may have peak brightness of the moon, but that is not a constant. And it's not as close, you know, like right in shining in your window, like some of these street lights are. So I definitely think that this would be way worse. Although I had seen somebody um, back in the day was saying, yeah, you should actually avoid moonlight also because it would affect your circadian rhythm. Um, yeah, but I'm now, sure... Oh gosh. Well, I guess. Anyone. Sorry, that just reminded me of really? something my grandmother used to say. It was a myth. Don't go to sleep with the moonlight on your face, or you go insane. Hmm. See, it's an old wives' tale. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's something to the the old wisdom, at, obviously. And I would agree with that. I think that it probably isn't great for you, but I definitely think that these streetlights are way worse. Yeah, well, I mean, it's artificial light. If it's shining right on you, any light is going to disrupt your sleep if it's if it's right in your face. So yeah, well, there's a there's a hormone called leptin which doesn't get replicated at night, if, particularly under the blue light scale, um, yeah, and that it's... is quite key to you know waking up hungry, as opposed to not waking mm. up hungry and all that sort of thing. So, um, probably it's a... quite, yeah, it's, it really actually does play a really big part, but more than we would actually think. I think so mm -hmm. it's, it's quite a like, but, uh, you know, if you want to really get into it, the Waverley Council, I'll just say this as quickly as possible. The Waverley Council um, is coming up with these other really fancy, fancy lights, which, yeah, I'm just wondering about that angle. Um, and that the company that provides these really fancy, fancy lights, which I think they seem to have um, uh, accepted now to put around the area, uh, the same area, uh, is made by a company called WEEF. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, the new CEO is a German guy who, um, yes, I have traced, um, there's some connections to the WEF there. So if you want to start looking into it, you get in, into the Internet of Things and the um, LED, the intelligent LEDs, which they have already for the future, which I think is all kind of 6 g -ish. Um But it's basically, yeah, it's, it's high-tech smart, smart lighting. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be running our Wi-Fi and things as well. You know, you walk into a room and the light itself will be, interacting with your Wi-Fi somehow, your devices, probably our bodies. Yeah. The internet of bodies happens. That's, that's definitely the way it's going. And even now, uh, I, I watched a video about a guy, it was a pretty nerdy thing, but he was talking about uh, his light bulbs and what kind, what, you know, color, what uh, color temperature of the light bulbs he prefers and he can't get those anymore and yada, yada, yada. And one of his complaints was, all of the LED bulbs nowadays, because he likes LED bulbs, they work great, 
and he can get any any color spectrum he wants. They they're all these like you're saying the smart bulbs or you all have you have to have an app in order to control and turn them on and off and that kind of stuff. And so and and in general, I can't stand why everything has to have a fucking app these days. That drives me yeah. bonkers. But that's, that is a that's slightly different point. thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's certainly the gateway to, to go to right. where they want to be. And uh, sure it's all to can... do with the smart cities as well. Yeah. Um, all the, all this lighting will be in the smart cities. It's... You can probably remotely pick up audio signals from a, a bulb if it has a enough electric electrical components and stuff inside of it. So you know. If everybody has to have these these types of fancy bulbs like they've been trying to do, you know, they they got rid of the incandescent, which that's another thing. How come I can They're still buy? Movie. Yeah, how come I can still buy incandescent bulbs at Home Depot? Didn't they ban those like twelve years ago? I don't anyway, know. anyway, if if everybody has to have fancy smancy bulbs, then everybody's putting a little surveillance thing in your in your house along with your TV and your fridge and everything else that's damn listening on you. Yeah. Yep. What a world we live in. Clown world. We lose it all when an EMF goes off. <laughs> Everyone will have to learn how to open a door by themselves. That's that's why we need to buy physical media. Yep. <laughs> that's my catchphrase yeah. these days. Absolutely. And and uh, you know, diesel manual transmission engines. Those are going away, so <laughs> stuff up. <laughs> There'll be a there'll be a commodity, you know, twenty years from now. So yep. handwriting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cursive. I always write in cursive. Um, Jackie, you have an interesting Heel. story. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> thank you for that. Um, woman demanding reparations at Target gets punched in the face by security guard. Her Rosa Parks moment, according to her. So she allegedly demanded reparations at an Ohio Target checkout line, was punched in the face by a security guard and placed under arrest. She was, not him. She kept saying, this is my Rosa Parks moment, 37-year-old Karen told police officers after a confrontation inside of the Target last year, according to the New York Post. Um, She, her explanation to police came after a dramatic scene Anyways, she attempted to pay for her $1,000 grocery bill by demanding reparations from the store manager. And then she just (laughs) kept screaming. And then she tried to talk to the manager and um, was explaining. And she wanted to explain to them, like, how money works. But I guess she didn't realize that uh, Target is its own business and they can decide who they want to serve and who they don't. Right. But in order for you to be able to get something, you have to actually pay money for it. Reparations are going to come back from the government, not necessarily, um, an actual business. And, um, so anyways, so, Yeah, so it was that, and then she followed the security guard uh, back to his, thank God his office is on video, but she followed him back. He attempted to uh, close the door. She barged into his office, and then he defended himself. She was being irate, 
And the police, after looking at the video and stuff like that, decided that she was the aggressor and proceeded to put her under arrest. But she was told to leave the premises a number of times, and she chose not to. And uh, they called him a loss prevention officer. So I don't know what. Yeah, I guess it was loss prevention when he was she was trying to take a thousand dollars from the store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that her agenda, I think she had an agenda when she went in that she racked up because who spends a thousand dollars at Target? Come on. She racked up a thousand dollar bill in that grocery cart and then wanted to create the scene. And then wanted to create this moment and hope to get it on like TikTok or something like that. So this way she could sue Target or whatever it was that her goal was, as her intentions. Yeah. yeah. A lot of bored yeah. people in the world. What I would not. Again? What was her name? I don't know. But she's definitely is not. I mean, who really cares? But she definitely was not Rosa Parks. I can guarantee that Rosa Parks actually made a difference in people's lives. She was just being an irate idiot. Yeah. And I was going to say that I suspected potentially that she was sent by an activist group because, yeah. this, you know, to try to create something that was going to go viral, that was going to make somebody look bad. Um, you never know. Whereabouts was this? Ohio. Yeah. And her name is Ivory. Karen Ivory. <laughs> Ivory. Yes. Oh, well. Her first name the is already... Karen. Yeah. Her first name Karen Ivory. is uh, Blaren. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, well, is, is things, are things calming down there a bit? Like, do they need to fan the flames in Ohio? Uh, well, I don't know. No like, they're, they're always burning the embers. Yeah, um, but uh, oh, her name really is Karen. Oh, that's hilarious! And she was being a Karen, <laughs> yeah, a Blaren. She was being a Blaren. Not <laughs> in the name. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was, I heard about this, and I was looking up. I was trying to look up. Do they do reparation laws actually exist in places? And I, I kind of heard whiffs of it happening in California, but I didn't know it was anywhere else. And sure enough, I found an article from last year. Last year talking about different states that had these sort of uh, reparations uh, for black people uh, built into their legislation now. Things like they can get $25,000 in order to buy a new house and stuff like that. I didn't see anything for Ohio, though. So I don't know what this lady was talking about. I, I don't think she knew what she was talking about either. But Maybe not. I, I do I think curious. that I heard some mur murmurs of them doing that type of stuff in Asheville, North Carolina, which would not surprise me. It's very progressive. Yeah. Now, I will say that I, I would be interested to hear in a logical person's argument for reparations. I, where I, I stand right. Okay. The uh, uh, Japanese Americans who were uh, thrown in internment camps during World War II would be a good example of a reparations-worthy uh, group because they're yeah. still alive. That's why. Yeah. Um, but if we do that, then, you know, you if you want to give reparations to to everyone that the government has wronged, 
it's a long list. Now I'm not saying that those people aren't deserving of something like that, but in this case, particularly slavery reparations, I would love to hear a good argument because where I'm at right now, I do not support that. Yeah. I don't either. I don't think there's a logical, a logical rationale for that. in this, you know, specific uh, instance, I think I don't, you could argue that someone's estate could sue somebody else for the wrongs perpetrated on the deceased. I don't know. I think it would depend on the jurisdiction, how many, how far back that can possibly be done. You know, if, um, if that goes generations, I think that's a judgment call within the, the, uh, the jurisdiction that's happening. But generally speaking, in my opinion, you you have to be able to say, I was wronged. Like, I'm a living person. Yeah. I was wronged by this organization or this government or this other whatever. I demand to be made whole because this was taken from me, whatever. I would also be okay with, I'm the child of somebody who was wronged, and therefore my life was directly affected by that person's loss. But, but I'm not I, six generations deep, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I was... I can, I can't say I can prove through a genetic test that my, uh, native American ancestors, which supposedly I have, I don't know. Um, but genetic tests of some of my relatives have suggested that as well as family stories and whatever, but, um, I'm not going to say that I deserve some sort of reparations from, the union soldiers that kicked my family, you know, out of their homes back then or whatever the case was, you know, that doesn't now, make sense. I heard um, a podcast that Sal Mayweather did with Walter Block. This has been quite a while ago now, like a couple years. And Walter Block was saying that if you could prove that you were a descendant of slaves and you could prove, I, I believe that it was a landowner or somebody in current time had benefited from that and you had all of your documentation you know all of your documents to prove that then maybe reparations would be appropriate um which is maybe the the closest thing that i've seen to being fair um certainly not I don't know. It's worth a deep dive to see what are places like California saying just for being a black person. Well, what if somebody moved over here from Africa 15 years ago? Like what classifies you as being worthy of receiving reparations from the state of California? And, and I'm sure it's not as in-depth as, as proving your heritage all the way back to ownership, you know, slavery in the, the United States. Stella, you have a question. Yeah, probably for you, I'd say, because um, you're a history guy. Okay. I was reading fairly recently um, a, about uh, quite a number of black people had slaves as well, and some of those slaves were white back in the day, which I guess is, what, 1700s or something? Yeah. Uh, um, so those, uh, does that mean that white people are also up for reparation? You know, <laughs> it's it's this is all about... I don't think no. that they had white slaves, though. I think they own black slaves. Mm, well, I can't. No? That, I can't that was say what that. I was asking. No, I can't say that with 
100% certainty, but slavery in general doesn't didn't just concern white people owning black people, uh, especially back then. It was, you know, I've heard all sorts of statistics, and we can't really know for sure because there's no good records for it all. But I've heard things like there were more Native American slaves than black slaves until and Irish and Irish and debtors debtors were indentured servitude that's a whole other type of slavery so and and the so northern the northern state slavery well it, uh, there's what what was your, what was your question what is the definition it, so it comes down to the definition of slavery i guess like how right. broad the term is yeah and it depends on who you ask really um but uh it's northern states had slavery had slaves at the time of the civil war and some of those states didn't pass slavery banning laws until the civil war was already underway you know so it's not like it's not so no pun intended it's not so black and white as the, <laughs> the popular media would have you think but yeah there, there were probably in my opinion at least um all sorts of combinations of slave and slaveholder you know in the americas at any given time and my understanding is that slavery was never legal in california <laughs> it yeah it was never a slave state which would, would you be, consider sorry i was just which is even crazier considering that they're the ones that are doling out reparations apparently right there there were uh i don't know if if you would if they were technically slaves but the you know, the Asian immigrants in California, which was, I think that was the largest group of immigrants to California at the time, they were pressed into servitude for building the railroads. That's the old story. So if anything, reparations should be going to that subculture instead of the, uh, the African heritage subculture, mm -hmm. you know, but really we don't know. We, we can't, you can't prove that even if you had documentation that said you're a direct descendant of whoever, I mean, it's, it's uh, so what's, I don't know what the word is. You, you, it's not ambiguous. ambiguous is a good word, I guess for it, but you know, you could say you were descended from, you know, King, King Henry the eighth, but what is, what does that mean? You know, who, what does that mean now? That doesn't mean anything. The pe people who were alive then are, long gone and so is their claim to the reparations that they were probably deserved but it's gone it's over and you know i think getting back to the original story i think it's just another tool of division i think it's just to you know it's make not, people sit around and talk about black versus white yeah it's it's just political motivation it's another way to to get society to fight itself you know instead yeah, of exactly. instead of the government and the the people in power that we should be fighting you know, that all of us can agree on here anyway, but what yep. are you going to do? <laughs> we can Not sit fight. here. Laugh at them <laughs> as we discuss them. the clown world. That's exactly what we're doing yeah. right now. I don't know what else we can do at this point. <laughs> like, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think just, but call that's my it out. story. Yeah. Call it out, recognize it. And I think that we do, you know, I think that we do a good job here of 
of asking the questions, why is this story being placed here? Why is this being seen? What are the possibilities? Where did it come from? And just trying, you know, to do the work and at least ask the questions. Yeah. And just we, getting people to think outside the box. It's the main thing. We know that the media, the big media is controlled by the, the government and the the one or two giant corporations that control all news these days it's ridiculous but you you can't you can't trust the ver veracity of the news you're reading why it's there and who it who it involves it's just it's like they're controlling the the information trends that should normally just naturally filter through society and <laughs> what what Oh, we can just look at it and say, okay, that's happened in the news. Mm -hmm. We'll never know why it, it was it was on this page instead of the page six, but it, it's not. It's probably not to sell newspapers anymore because we don't know. At least if if we had small independent news reporting in the world these days, they might be competing against each other for real news, and you could call somebody out and say that was fake and actually be able to prove it. And then people wouldn't buy that newspaper anymore, but that's just a, a fantasy now that's in my head yeah. where that it's kind of a stuff beautiful dream. Happen. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I think uh, yeah. the clown world is going <laughs> to win in the end and hopefully well, we just, we'll just be able to live uh, out our lives long enough to not have to see it. Yeah, and this was a good little sampling of the clown world, uh, you know, of the events, a little little sample. Yep. We need to everybody. deconstruct the tent and open up the curtains so that we can see the brick wall behind. <laughs> right. Uh, Said maybe. Frank Zappa, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very good. Thank you, everybody. How can people find the Union of the Unknowns outside of these hallowed podcasting walls? Well, <laughs> go ahead, Ashley. Sorry. Oh, uh, union, our website, unionoftheunknowns.com. That's our link tree. So there you can find links to all of our social media, Discord, Rumble, Rockfin, Twitter, email, you name it. It's all there. And uh, go check it out. Yes. Thank you. And sign up for Ashley. our email. Yep. Yes. Yes. A very yeah. informative newsletter. It'll keep you yes. up to date with our comings and goings. And they can sign up for the um, the newsletter on the link tree also, Jackie? Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. Hopefully yes. Justin yeah. finally put it on there. <laughs> it's, it's up there. All right. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Stella, for your articles. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We are the Union of the Unknowns, and we are out. Good night. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.